saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. I want to talk about how it's, uh, how it's changed you, right? But before we go there, um, the controversial question, dun, 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 right? Do, where does your blackness fit into how you police? Right. Cause seeing, seeing what you saw from your uncle and what you, what you were exposed to even at a young age of knowing that there's, there's sometimes a difference between the way people that look like me think, or maybe they think different too. Right. Mm-hmm. Or people that don't look like me and what they may have as a motive, how much of that plays into, to how you police like you, you have black sons. Mm-hmm. You see the narrative, and I'm sure you're acutely aware of more statistically accurate information than I am. And I'm not. That's not the point of this. Right. But you're black, mm-hmm. right? Live in America. We have these, um, these uh, unfortunate scenarios that rise to the surface and get the attention. I went all the way around to come back to ask you about, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how does how does the blackness play into how you police or even being a policeman. Yeah. So I'll explain that this way. Welcome to the Dear Son podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. Welcome to the Dear Son Show. We have conversations about fatherhoods. It's forefathers, those with fathers, and the fatherless. Nobody's left out. Formats changed up a little bit, but the conversations are still meaningful and in the vein of helping people. Today, I have a real people helper. Um, I have been uh, anticipating this conversation, and we we were able to get it done today. So I'm I am excited to welcome 
Lieutenant, correct? Correct. Lieutenant Adrian Yeoman to the Dead Son Show. How are you, my brother? I'm pretty good. I'm happy to be here. Happy to help out, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you're a cop. <laughs> is that is that was that a lifelong aspiration? Where did you get the bug to 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 join the force? Uh, just running back through it, you know, coming up as a kid, um, single dad, you know, as far as, uh, uh, coming up in my household, my, uh, raised by my dad, my, myself and my, uh, younger sister, I'm the oldest of all, all his kids. Um, so with that, uh, we had a lot of, uh, I, I guess you could say the village was involved in helping to raise us, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, with my dad having to work and uh, his extra extracurricular uh, activities on some occasions. But um, what did he had, what did he do? Uh, he worked in the plants. I'm from Port Arthur, okay. uh, Texas, down southeast Texas. So uh, that's like the industry there. You know, you work in that, or he does, you know, in hydroblasting, sandblasting, okay. or something like that. So. He uh, jumped around uh, as far as with that. Um, going back to your uh, original question is uh, in the uh, midst of the the village helping the raises, we had a uh, a cousin slash uncle. It was one one of those deals where right. we kind of married in, uh, but. Um, he was a, a police officer uh, for the Port Arthur Police Department. And uh, he was very influential uh, to me. I spent a lot of time with him um, until he he passed. I believe it was in 1990 uh, doing a job. Wow. And, uh, he was a, a narcotics detective, uh, uh, and it was like I said, it, was, it hit me pretty pretty hard. Uh, but from the time that I, I believe that I started riding out with him. It was uh, one of those things where I knew I was like, man, I, I want to kind of do this. Wow! So let's let's um let's let's talk about life in Port Arthur. That's that's right outside of Houston, right? Uh, it's about an hour, about an hour. A, hour and a half. Um, okay, it's closer to uh, Louisiana. Gotcha. Yeah. So what was what was life like? You kind of started painting that picture about your dad um, being being uh, Consumed with work and, mm-hmm. and responsibilities outside the house. Right. What what was life like as a kid? Kind of paint that picture when you stepped outside of your door. What what were the what were the depositives and the and the maybe the things to, to look out for? Uh, my dad was um, out of the military, so uh, he was a drill sergeant. That's what drill sergeant to us as well. Uh, you know, everything was expected to be. Orderly in the house when he came home. If it wasn't, he woke us up. Right. And, you know, we had to get things taken care of. Um, kind of had to with within that. You know, I, I carried that forward with me, and you know, I was always seen seen as a as the OCD uh, cleanliness guy. As far as when I, you know, from when I went to college on into uh moving in my you know into my home you know mm-hmm. my own home and uh dealing with my wife and she kind of broke me out of it yeah you know as far as that goes because she's completely different gotcha so. gotcha so you're you're so there were rules in the house there was expectations set very clearly drill sergeant is the um what's the tone of the house what were what was life what was life like what was what is port author itself like influences outside of your house what is, what is that 
What, is, what did you deal with? Yeah, uh, the area that I initially grew up in was uh, apartment project. It was a uh, rampart apartments, and you know the thing that you would commonly see, you know, as far as in a in an apartment project, uh, drugs, uh, you know. But we did have a, a tight knit community, so okay. you know it was it was it was fun for me, you know, as far as to. Uh, be able to go out and, you know, hang with my, my friends, you know, when I had the opportunity. Um, outside of that, I pretty much tried to uh, stay away from a lot of the negatives. Yeah. Um, that wasn't the case for my sister, you know, as far as that went. So, you know, we had some, you know, some uh, different paths uh, when it went to that. So, and what's the age difference between you and your sister? A year and a half. I'm born in 77. She's 79. Gotcha. How did that, so were you, and it was just you and you and her? You had one other sibling? Uh, I've got, yeah, I've got a one half sibling with okay. my dad. And then uh, my mom, who lives in, the, or lived in uh, Louisiana, uh, she was originally from Port Arthur too, but she moved around a bit. Okay. And uh, I have three uh Three siblings or half siblings uh, with her. Were they in the house? But in the house, it's just you and your sister. Yes. So, what what kind of responsibility did 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 you assume or was put on you for her activity, like being an older big brother? How'd that play out? Just like you said, it was you know the I was the older big brother. I was responsible for when things you know when we came home. Yeah. You know this was you know what I my expectation was to see that things were done. Right. You know, if she did something out of pocket, you know, I was expected, hey, you know, this is you're the bigger brother, got her back. Yeah. You know, with without having the responsibility of laying my hands on. Right, 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 right. So So when did um when did the path start to kind of diverge? And what I got from your reference is, you know, you she kinda did her thing, you kinda did your mm-hmm. thing. What what stage of life was that where it kind of started to? I think that was you know it was pretty early because she was a being by her being a female she had a little bit different treatment. Gotcha. Uh, so she got pretty much whatever she wanted, you know. And when she did things, sometimes they were out of pocket. It was you know more like you know you should have been watching her or the blame was on you, right? Gotcha. Yeah, so, you know, with that, I think that she developed um, uh, sort of a uh, entitlement. Mm. You know, it led her down, you know, a different, a totally different path than okay. I took. You know, she's doing, you know, way better now. Sure. You know, of course, I'll always be proud of my sister. Uh, but, yes, you know, starting out, it was pretty rough for her. Okay. How did that impact... Um like these, there's always a double standard. I have girls now. I know you have boys. I have girls and boys, and I'm a firm believer in double standard. I don't mm-hmm. know when they'll go away, right. but how did that double standard impact you in a sense of you were bearing this responsibility for somebody that didn't really have to listen to you or there really wasn't any repercussions mm-hmm. for them, so to speak, but the, 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 the burden was all on you. How did that kind of impact how you went through life? But, you know, honestly, it just made me see things from, uh, um, I guess, a more mature standpoint than I would have otherwise. Gotcha. Um, 
So, you know, whereas we'd have, you know, more more guys or uh, kids out doing, you know, kid things, yeah. you know, I had to think about, okay, what's the impact of, you know, early on it was, you know, what's the impact if I do this, if I do this, you know, what's the, po- you know, the possibility of what my dad might do, right. you know, when he got home, if, you know, if I did this. So, you know, that was uh, probably the biggest thing for me and it, and it honestly just carried forward you know, into my adult life mm. because I, I, I still feel like I'm seen as, uh, the, uh, counselor protector, you know, all these things as, you know, I wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Sounds like accountability played a, a, yeah. a factor in your life very early. Did you, did you play sports or anything growing up? Yeah. I, uh, played football. Okay. Um, I ran track cross country. Uh, so, um, I was up, 5 a.m., you know, in the morning, running uh, for cross-country. Uh, had two different sessions for football. So during school, there was a football period. Then after school, a football practice. Gotcha. You know, and when track season came around, it just switched over to, to that. So it was, you know, I was always busy. Yeah. As far as in, in doing something and uh, didn't have uh, – vehicle you know access to vehicles so you know i was the kid that had my backpack on i was running home so you know it was uh about maybe about a mile and a half from you know you know between my school and and home and that developed me you know into a pretty good runner right how much of that was um your dad dictating that this is what you would do and how much of it was you just loving it and wanting to participate in, in all those sports? Uh, football, I'd probably say that was more him. Okay. You know, uh, he had a an opportunity to uh, play in the NFL and didn't, you know, my my grandmother time, you know, being that, like I told you, he was in the, the, uh, the Army, the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was away. I guess I may have been about three years old at that time um, when he – came out of the military and so uh uh right out of uh, out of that he uh, had an opportunity to play for the Oilers when they were out in Houston so he had one moon right one yeah moon, yeah yeah he had the the letter showed my grandmother and uh she's like no I've taken care of your kids you know this you know for this amount of time is your turn uh, to take the responsibility wow and so he held basically a, uh, uh, I don't want to say a, a, a grudge against my grandmother for that, but you can most definitely see where, um, well, I may as well say, yeah, it, it, you know, in all honesty, it probably was more of a grudge because, uh, you know, the the way that I observed as a kid, uh, him talking to her, um, you know, I, I wouldn't do it to my parents. And what what age is he? This is his early twenties. Uh, yeah, yeah. He had he had me at seventeen. You know, so yeah, he was early twenties around that time. Okay. He, I would say, tried to live out his his football dreams through me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but that wasn't where my heart was. Gotcha. Um, How did that impact your relationship with him, or did you were you 
bold enough or the was there was the relationship such that you could actually express that to your father in real time or was it you did it to 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 honor what he wanted right or or because that was what he said to do i think initially i started as for us to uh please yeah um once I got into it, you know, again, I, I made those relationships to where, you know, I had the camaraderie and um, going out and uh, playing a game. Yeah. So at that point, it was like it became important to me because of that. Gotcha. You know, so I went out to to play um, to uh, further, you know, further those relationships. Gotcha. So, and that's how I put it. You know, we had almost like a, a brotherhood going on. Yeah. You know, and with me not having access to, you know, a lot of, you know, as far as the, seek, uh, the family seeking portion of it, yeah. you know, being that it was just me and my sister, I was like, man, these are, you know, my, my brother's away from home, you know, as far as that went. So, is your father still living? Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure I'm respectful of that. Have y'all had a conversation about, like that phase of your life, like the the how and the why, and did he, does he really talk about what he thought he missed in the NFL? You know, we talk. He doesn't want to go back and and talk. He does not. He's not a feelings type of guy. Gotcha. So, uh, it, but it's funny that you ask that because we're actually supposed to have a conversation this weekend, uh, as far as Saturday, and that's where you know I plan to. You know, pull all this stuff out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Saturday is supposed to be the day. Gotcha. It'd be interesting to have a, a future conversation with you after you've processed mm-hmm. that. Because I'm all, like, I, I had the one with my dad a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Back at, well, September, October of last year. And it, I didn't realize how much it bothered me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a bad conversation. It was just we didn't put the effort in to understand each other. Right. He ruled his house. If I was to be in his house, those were the rules. The option was to not be in the house, right? So as soon as I could affect that option, I did it, and I I missed a whole lot. Um, Let's get to to, you. You mentioned riding along with your cousin, uncle, and I definitely get that. I I have, like, my mom's first cousins, because of their age, I call them aunt and uncle. So I'm assuming it's that kind of thing. Um, yeah, well, actually, I, that's a story in itself. Well, that's it. Well, I mean, if you want to go there, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's hit that one. Yeah, so uh, on my mother's side, um, um, well, he, he's initially my uh, my great aunt's son. So okay. he's cousin that way. Okay. On my mother's side, he actually married my mother's sister. So <laughs> now... As okay. far as no no blood ties or no blood mixing in there, but yeah, yeah this is like the opposite. My my uh, my grandmother's sister's son, and then on my my dad's side. Gotcha. That and was then, that was the part that I was trying to process. Your right. dad versus your mom's side. Okay. Right. And so then my mother's sister again. This That's is wild. Right. And so he, I grew up. With him being uncle, uh, uncle, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, cool. Um, is he still living? Oh, no, 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 you said he died. In, he died in the line of duty. So I want to get to that. Um, when did the ride along start with with him, and what were they like? Very, you know, it was very early. Um, you know, he just, you know, be on patrol at at some point. Uh, just pick me up, 
you know, because I, again, I'd be out, you know, as far as in the, uh, in the apartment community. Um, and he'd see me, grab me, you know, he gave me this, uh, this was a, Probably when Babyface first came out, okay, uh, the little Whip Appeal yeah. album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know he he actually gave me a uh, my first uh, cassette. That's what gotcha. it was, you know. So you know, I man, I I had that thing and I wore it out. Yeah, to take pop. Yeah, the kids yeah. don't understand that reference. Right? Yeah, <laughs> may have to insert something here to kind of show you what a cassette tape is. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh one of the things, man. Like I said. Uh, huge influence. We just ride around, have conversations, uh, you know, and, and I said huge impact on on uh, the direction that that I went. Okay, what did what you said? You immediately knew, or like some point very early, what was your perspective of what being a police was that you connected to? From his, you know, looking at him mm-hmm. again. You know, it was somebody that looked like me. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that was out here trying to uh, do the job of protecting. Right. You know, so uh, like I said I, I I bid into that, looking at uh, looking at the opposite end of the spectrum where uh, you know we had Viter. Um, if you don't know. Vider Vider is is uh was a a pretty much what you call a clan country. Oh wow! So it's like uh, it was not far up the road. You had uh, Port Arthur, Beaumont, and Vitals like right on the outside of that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, um, there was a lot of uh, when you when when we talk about the southern experiences. Yeah, we had that. Yeah, you know, just by the nature of uh, number one, some of the police officers that were uh, uh, in our area, you know, doing, you know, because you didn't necessarily have to be a, you know, live in Port Arthur to be a Port Arthur police officer. Gotcha. So uh, we had a uh, a, a large uh, quantity of uh, of Caucasian officers that. Probably didn't like us, gotcha. you know. So that that in itself too, you know, had some impact on on uh, on my decisions. Yeah, you know, with regard to um, trying to pass on, you know, as far as that that opportunity that was presented to me. Yeah. So that that I mean, typically when you see traumatic experiences or you have a traumatic um, environment, you either stay in it and become it or you or you go the opposite way what was it like watching your uncle deal with that stuff were you exposed to any of because uh, like again if it's if it's bled into the police force you know mm-hmm. there are people that have theories about how deep it is into the police force uh wherever you are but did he explain those nuances to you or no, I don't think that it would have been appropriate for him to at the time either because, you know, I was as far as the age, the, gotcha. you know, my age at that time, um, I did feel it because, uh, you know, I'd watch him and um, it was a struggle for him to even make detective. Um, so, you know, you'd see him, you know, uh, as far as trying to work out, do a lot of the things that, you know, you guys see me trying to do, you know, mm-hmm. as far as that goes. But 
it was, you know, his his effort to uh, be the best. Gotcha. You know, as far as that went at, uh, at what he did. And, uh, you know, in doing it, I think that that was uh, part of what led to his his uh, his death. Can you can you talk any about that or? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, of course, excuse me, uh, long hours, you know, long hours. Uh, and again, you know, lack of sleep, you know, uh, that's probably the biggest thing. You know, he uh, ended up passing from an aneurysm. So, uh, um, he was actually on on duty. Uh, put his uh, from what the way that it was, um, I understood it. He went out. Uh, there was a suspect that they were looking for. He put cuffs on the suspect after um, at the end of the the, the call, mm-hmm. and basically dropped you know, dropped right there. Wow! How did uh, how old were you at that time? Um, this was again, 90. So I would have been, uh, middle school, just getting ready to go into high school. 12, 13, 13 ish. How did, um, how did it impact you? Cause I'm, I'm interested in why you still, what led you to still pursue after seeing that I have an opinion, but Mm -hmm. you're sitting in front of me. So my opinion doesn't make Right. Uh, again, it, you know, it's just what's been what had been placed into me, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, he wasn't the only um, guy. I would say was like a mentor to me. There were, like I said, it was a village. Right. You know, there were a lot of men that that grabbed me and you know showed me different things. Uh, so I would say it's probably a, you know, a combined, you know, the com- the combination of those things that allow me to, to uh, sit back, you know, kind of think, you know, you know, because, you know, honestly, even in in going into uh, going to college, you know, that wasn't something that I was supposed to do. Um, going to college or being a police officer? Going, even going to college. Oh, wow. Why you say that? Um, Again, the 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 system that I grew up in, gotcha. you know, I, I even though I went to magnet programs, I was you know made great grades. Um, my high school counselor, you know, as far as for my my primary school, uh, when I went in to talk to her, you know, hey, you know, I'm interested in trying to go to college. These are my grades. These are where I, you know, this is what I'm I've been doing. Uh, I was told that, you know, it probably wouldn't be a, a choice for me, you know, so. And and that was the extent of the guy. I want to be fair. Was that the extent of the guidance? Like, were you, did you want to go to Yale, but you had state school grades? I didn't know. I, I just told her, hey, I want to go to college. Oh, wow. You know, so, you know, and again, I had the, the grades I yeah. had, you know, as far as what I needed. Yeah. Um, Should I ask if they that person looked? Like you? No, okay, they did. Cool. They did not. I just started applying to different institutions, uh, and based on the merit of my grades, um, I got into you know a, a few schools: Baylor, okay. U of H, um, 
really uh, rice any school that I put in for. Yes, these are not slackers. Right. Yeah, the <laughs> schools that I put in for, I got into, but I I uh, set uh, set myself into going to uh, U of H. Okay. Um, I also had, um, if I would have known better now, I probably would have gone to uh, a Lamar, which was closer to home, because they actually offered me, you know, more money to uh, to be a student athlete. Mm. But um, do you, you think know, you still would have been a police officer if you went that route? I don't know. It's, it's no telling. But uh, you know, that was in my it was in my heart. So you know, honestly. I'm leaning towards yes, but you know I don't know what what route I would have taken had I actually been a student athlete. Right. Um, because the uh, I said the I had talent. You know when it when it came to that that uh, that that avenue. So I don't know what that would have taken. Right. I'll put it like that. Gotcha. If I had uh, if I had continued that that route. So where exactly in the um. In your story, do you does it shift to police academy to that becoming the the path? Um, I would say that's that's long after because okay. basically I put that on hold while I was uh, moving around with my with my wife. Honestly, okay, uh, I met her at U of H. Um, so that was the better decision, just for the right. Record. Right, <laughs> that's, that's the was. best thing that could have happened. Right, right, right. I, I met her uh, there at U of H, and uh, you know we. Uh, then actually, not long after I, I went into the school, as you know, I graduated from high school in '96, uh, started uh, U of H that fall, and you know we were booed up, you know, by November. Ugh. Yeah, so you know we were pretty much instant uh, when it came when it comes down to that. Gotcha. Um, went through you know a few things as far as uh, when you look at it now, you know as far as an, as an adult, you know yeah. as a grown and a mature adult, you know you say you went through some things. It's not really going through a right. lot, but at the time, you know, seemed like a lot. Yeah, seemed like a lot. So it kind of you know, brought us uh, closer together. And, you know, uh, I ended up transferring to Sam Houston State in uh, in Huntsville because, you know, as far as my grades didn't, you know, as far as when I got there, my first experience away, you know, without having the structure. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I, I wilded out a little bit. Yeah. So. Quick aside to make you feel better. My first semester GPA was like, a, it started with the point. <laughs> it wasn't one or two points something. It started with the point, and I, I equally wild out, and I only went twenty miles from my house. But go yeah. ahead, Just, yeah. that makes you feel any better. Yeah. So, so um, I did end up transferring to Sam Houston State, and that kind of put us in a. Uh, it tested us as well, because okay, how are you going to deal with this distance? Mm. You know, oh, you uh, went and she stayed. Gotcha, right. gotcha. Right. So, you know, not that it was a huge distance either. It was only, you know, you know, an hour at most up the road. Well, you're in love, man. That's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. But the separation of her not having immediate access, you know, to me, you know, as far as that was that was a challenge. Yeah. She uh, graduated, ended up going directly into uh, law school after. Got it. So she moves up to Austin, 
which gives us a little bit more distance. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm I, uh, at by this time I've gotten my my actually my grandmother had gotten me this uh, Ford Ranger. Okay. So, you know, I'm putting that rank burning miles on the <laughs> Ford Ranger going to uh, going to Austin. Uh, we did end up moving in together. And uh, after she finished law school is when we uh, went ahead and got married. Gotcha. What what year are we in now? Uh, that would have been by the time she finished, it would have been 2005. Okay. 2004, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, uh, 2000, 2005 was when we actually, uh, you know, got married March and then, uh, moved into, moved on to Waco. Okay. Was when we had my my first son, my oldest son, in two thousand seven. Uh, moved back to Houston to be closer to her family to uh, get some assistance yeah. in, in raising the first. Need that kid. village back. Yeah, yeah, okay. most definitely, man. It's it's important. Uh, at that point, um, she was she was practicing in Waco. Let me just uh, preface it with that. Uh, when we get to Houston, she's not. Uh, able to get any work uh, going as far as uh, because initially she wanted to stay at home with, with our, our son. So, you know, I was fine with that, you know, working, you know, I had no problem with supporting my household. Right. Um, but she was adamant about wanting to get back to work. Um, so she ends up putting in for a job with uh, with the government. And that takes us here, you know, to the DFW area. Gotcha. So that's how we ended up here. And when that happened, it was like, okay, I'm tired of moving around. You know, this is where we're going to be at this point. Right. And uh, we had, you know, her brother was already up here. You know, he's uh, uh, practicing, you know, has a practice out here. And uh, I had a few uh, cousins and family members scattered around this area. So gotcha. it was like, this is a pretty good spot for us. Gotcha. With that, that's when I said, okay, you know, it's time for me to go ahead and, you know, pursue this. You know, pursue was it always in the back of your mind and you just waited or did that timing kind of spark the thought? To it was always in the back gotcha. of my mind. When we lived in Austin, uh, I, Came close to putting in there. Gotcha. Uh, it, I don't think it would have been a good fit for me, but um, you know, I was thinking. You know, it was it was in my mind to put in there. Um, I didn't. I kind of let it go in Waco because I knew that that wasn't going to be somewhere we were, we were gonna uh, we were gonna stay. Right. Uh, so when we got back to Houston, you know, I, I contemplated. You know, but with uh, everything that was happening. Uh, I think God just kind of put that, pushed that aside for me. Absolutely. You know, so uh, when we got into this area, I put in for uh, Dallas initially because I had no idea, you know, of the um, the smaller agencies that were available to me, Grand Prairie, right. uh, Arlington, until my wife started kind of looking around and uh, she's like, hey, you know, why don't you try to put in for Arlington? And, you know, I'm looking. It's like uh, it's a smaller town. Um, it has a uh, 
industry as far as entertainment industry, yeah. which at that time it was Six Flags, uh, the uh, business industry was GM. Yep. Um, so and it was it was big enough for me to have the experiences that I wanted to have as a, as an officer, but still um, small enough to where I didn't feel like I kind of get lost in the gotcha. in the shuffle. So what's the process like when you when you um, when you apply, you get accepted, you go through a school, you go through some you go through training. What, what's that like and how did it impact your life because you had? The one son at this point, right? Right. And and your wife was working. Like, how does all of that play into the flow of the household? Um, we had friends of family that had moved from Louisiana or New Orleans to this area as well, um, following Hurricane Katrina. So uh, it just so happens that this lady was like, hey, you know, if you need to, uh, you know, for us to watch your son, you know, for you, you know, we'll do it. Wow. You know, so, man, again, you know, it's just blessing on blessing yeah. on blessing. Uh, if you wanted to know the process is, uh, you know, you apply initially, uh, you go through several interviews. If you are accepted uh, following those interviews, then you're going to the um, a have a psychological uh, assessment done. They'll give you, uh, run you through a polygraph, um, you know, as far as that goes. And then you go into the academy if if you pass all of that stuff. Gotcha. At any point in the process, um, did you have second thoughts? No. Okay. Once, you know, once uh, I was excited, man. Yeah. Uh, honestly, you know, I knew that uh, there were going to be a lot of challenges. But you know, you know, with me, I'm, I uh, always like to meet and exceed uh, those challenges. There were indeed, you know, as far as different things that were being or roadblocks that were being set in front of me, yeah, uh, to make me want to uh, or, or push me towards uh, dropping out. Yeah, but you know, again, you know, as far as I had stronger fortitude than that. Gotcha. So once you're in. And I want to kind of look at it in stages, if you could, like, has it consistently been what you expected it to be? And if not, what were some of those eye opening experiences where you didn't want to back out? But you're like, eh, I, I didn't expect for it to be this. Um, honestly, just probably the the scope of effect and leadership that you have. Uh, or the opportunity to affect uh, drastically somebody's life mm-hmm. was probably the the thing that I was like, man, wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, huge responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I didn't. Uh, of course, you know, you want to go in, be the guy that uh, saves somebody from a, a car fire, or right. you know, uh, uh, you know, being shot or what have you. But you know, when you look at actually having to uh, arrest somebody and they may miss, you know, uh, miss work. And these are, again, you know, you think about the the lower end of the, the economic spectrum of uh, people that you commonly deal with. Right. So this is, you know, if I miss work, you know, I lose my job, man, that 
Combat change it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's one thing that, uh, as far as being in, in leadership, uh, I was able to pass on to the, the people that I supervise. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to take into account, yes, you know, we, we have to weigh as far as, uh, the responsibility of what we do. Yeah. I got a um I got a question that uh that may come across as real surface level, but I'm not mm-hmm. asking it in a vanilla kind of way. How hard is it or is it hard every day to keep showing up? Well, I mean I I think that you kind of uh, had a feeling uh, from just knowing me. I like people, yeah. so you know as far as that goes. Uh, I'm a psychology major, so that's kind of one of the things that makes me. Well, you t- didn't drop that earlier. Yeah, that 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 that's a good wrinkle that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I like to see what you know uh, makes people tick, and yeah, uh, uh, just having having that and having the opportunity to. Uh, go in and communicate, you know, see uh, different uh, experience, different personalities, um, you know, and, and not only, you know, with uh, my having an effect on someone, but them, you know, also having the the effect on me, you know, yeah. as far as, you know, this person may have changed my mind on, you know, how I think about, uh, you know, as far as um, someone else's, uh, situation. Yeah, and that, that's that's what I'm gonna, like. How is it? Um, I want to talk about how it's uh, how it's changed you, right? But before we go there, um, the controversial question. Dun dun dun. Right. <laughs> Do, where does your blackness fit into how you police? Right, because seeing seeing what you saw from your uncle and what you what you were exposed to even at a young age of knowing that there's there's sometimes a difference between the way people that look like me think or maybe they think different too, right? Mm-hmm. Or people that don't look like me and what they may have as a motive. How much of that plays into to how you police? Like you you have black sons. Mm-hmm. We see the narrative, and I'm sure you're acutely aware of more statistically accurate information than I am. And I'm not, that's not the point of this. Right. But you're black, mm-hmm. right? Live in America. We have these, um, these, uh, unfortunate scenarios that rise to the surface and get the attention. I went all the way around to come back to ask you about mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how does, how does the blackness play into how you police? Or even being a policeman. Yeah, so I'll explain that this way. When uh, it is, you know, it is as far as who I am, you know, as far as that goes. When when I go into a job, you know, into the job, I can put on my uniform and I have the respect of being okay, this guy's you know a police officer. He's you know uh, somebody of rank mm-hmm. as a police officer. When I'm ready to come home, I take that that uniform off. 
You know, and I've had this happen several times. You know, nobody knows who I am as far as that goes. So, you know, I'll I'll go home and, you know, I'll be on my way home. Um, and just to throw throw it out, you know, I worked, you know, in a in a covert capacity for, you know, six years. Gotcha. Uh, when when I leave leave from the office. I'd leave from the office and I was set up in this uh this Cadillac Escalade, uh tenant windows. Um not doing pretty much anything. I was basically I would you know, and I'm not the only uh officer that's experienced this, but you know, as far as being stopped, you know, you still have that that visceral effect, you know, a uh, visceral feeling where, man, what is this guy gonna do? You know, because again, if there's some, if there's somebody that doesn't look like me, right? You know, you do have that in the back of your mind, and um, the thing that I always do, you know, and I tell everybody else is, you know, as far as to, you know, at the at the base of everything. You know, everybody wants to go home. Everybody wants to be, you know, to go home to their families. Right. So in order for me to make this other person whom I have no idea, you know, of what's going on through their mind feel more comfortable, you know, first thing I do is I lower all my windows, you know, and of course, it, it, this is, you know, when I'm getting, I'm leaving work is night. So right. I'll turn on my dome light, hands on my, on the steering wheel. So as an officer yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the thing that you'll see is, you know, especially if you get someone that's new, you know, jumpy, you'll see that they're kind of his, that have, may have a hand in a gun. And that's, you know, honestly, it's, uh, uh, that human protected, you know, I'm, you know, ready to protect myself, you know, if need be. But if I'm presenting, you know, hey, there's absolutely nothing that you need to fear in this, you know, in this vehicle. You know, I don't, I'm not going to do anything to you. You know, hey, I'll let you know, you know, when you come up to my uh, vehicle, hey, I, I got a gun in here, man. This is, you know, this is what I do, you know, as far as blah, blah, blah then it kind of cuts the tension, you know, as far as, you know, if you will. And you'll see, you know, I, well, at least for me, yeah. you know, in my situation or scenario, I see, you know, that kind of, you know, okay, you know, I got you. Yeah. You know, as far as I go now, your reason for stopping me, you know, I don't, you know, I wanted to know, you know, but, you know, as far as that goes, you know, out the one, you know, out the gate, you know, this is what it is. Okay, you know we're at this point now. Um, I'm processing what you said. That's very interesting. That almost sounds like sound logic, whether you are in that profession or not. Mm-hmm. But because so much information is presented, that when we see the conversation pick up, mm-hmm. we don't always know everything that happened before that. Correct. Right? Do you let me back up? You mentioned somebody new or um, it, the, the approaching officer may start reaching for their gun because they have a fear 
and a and a and a and a personal obligation to protect themselves, and that's why they're maybe reaching. Mm-hmm. Do you th- have you seen in your experience where the training is adequate to prepare officers for these scenarios? Because like outside looking in, we would call that scary. This guy's scary, mm-hmm. right? So whether you're in whether you're officer or not, a scared person with a gun is far more dangerous. <laughs> like I don't Correct. I don't that's why I don't put myself in certain situations. I don't like to be around scary people in general, scary people with a gun. Correct. Get me far away. I don't have nothing to prove. Correct. And so just tapping into uh what you're saying there, um you have to take into account, you know, as far as from 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 my perspective, where are we recruiting these people from? You know, so you know, is this your first experience? Because again, you know, if you were looking at, uh, you know, even even with the city of Arlington, would they require you to have a degree? Right. You know, as far as to to be an officer, hmm. what is your experience with dealing with people outside of your own culture? You know, so. You know, is it is your experience what you see on television? Right. You know, or have you actually had interactions with with people? And if so, the, what were those interactions, positive or negative? You know, so again, and this is the psychology part of me. You know, speaking. Right. You know, you know when you have, um, say, say I'll, I'll just use Arlington as an example because of the the degree, the degree requirement. Right. Um, when you have kids, you know, essentially kids going into college and they'll gravitate toward what they're familiar with, correct? True. The tribal. So, right. Yeah. So when you have that that situation or that scenario, you're basically, it's basically a, a microcosm of, of what you can expect to happen within, you know, the, the actual world, real world. Yeah. Okay. So... Even though we, you know, we have the, the, I'll say, unrealistic expectation that there's some huge growth um, socially uh, by going to, going to college, you know, I would contend that, you know, that's not factual. Right. Because, again, you have, uh, yes, you are exposed to uh, more educationally. You may have to work with someone on a project, right. uh, you know, if you will. But uh, innately, you're going to gravitate back towards what you are familiar with, you yeah. know, which is what you'll see, you know, with a lot of fraternities, sororities, you know. So if you're not having... Um, the 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 situation or scenario where you you're you're seeing that or you're recruiting kids that have crossed that threshold uh, with it within that that college uh, ground yeah you're basically doing the same thing as far as you you're going to get uh, folks that can you know uh, assess a little bit better because they're more mature can articulate uh, their reports a little bit better because they've had that additional education. But, you know, what have we done, so, you know, to prepare you socially yeah. to get out here and deal with people? And even in trying to 
uh, promote training in the academy, you have to take into account this is, you know, this is a six, you know, the eight month academy. Right. You're not going to change someone's uh, beliefs, you know, whether they're, you know, stereotypical, you know, or what have you. You're not going to change anybody's beliefs in six months. Right. You know, I don't care, you know, what pressure you put on, you know, these these people to to uh, have those those uh that, that, those exposures. It's not it's not going to happen. Yeah. So and I imagine you can't recreate that in the in the in the training itself. Right. These are still control. These are still from a, a very specific perspective in a controlled environment that's talking about things. Correct. That correct. And so what. You know what? What we've been trying to do, as far as on the um, on a level of uh, having our officers become more involved in the community um, and be, you know, a part of the community, is to place them. You know, hey, get out of your car, go walk, go meet somebody. You know, experience. You know, as far as talk to somebody, come back and uh, report to me who you you know talk to or what contacts you've made. Right. You know, and and doing that, you know, your business partners, your community leaders, uh, uh, your uh, clergy. You know, get in there and get involved to actually start figuring. You know, figuring these things out. Right. And in doing that, it not only um, places those officers in that uncomfortable uh, situation where they're forced to now have those conversations uh, with people that may see them as, okay, you're the man, I don't really want to talk to you, you know, but it also opens the door for uh, the conversations for the, the, uh, the citizen, yeah. you know, you know, well, this officer has a family. He has a, you know, uh, he has he has you know the needs and desires just like I have, you know he he doesn't want to you know he wants to go home to his family at the end of the yeah. day. So when you you know humanize, um, uh, place a humanizing effect on on in both directions, you it allows you to start that healing, you know, as far as that you know, if you will, um, that process. So you know that. Uh, to me, again, is is uh, paramount. It's pretty important yeah. uh, uh, for the you know, and and again, this is this is something that has to be pushed. This is, if you don't you know if you don't force it, you know you're gonna keep status quo. Yeah. So that is one of the things you know, one of the reasons that I feel that you know I have an uh, an important place uh, in a department. I feel that uh, we need uh, more officers of color to uh, affect that as well, because it's easier for someone to make that initial uh, introduction if you look like me. Gotcha. You know, not necessarily saying that this is going to be what it is. You're not going to always deal with with me. Right. uh, Because, you know, you know, as far as turnover happens, we have, you know, uh, officers that move sides of town, you know, as far as, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, but in making those contacts or those contacts, uh, it allows you some at least a little bit more familiarity and, and a little bit more openness 
toward that situation. Got it. Definitely appreciate your perspective. And again, this is a conversation with you. I'm not suggesting that your opinion is that of all police officers mm-hmm. or anything like that. So what you've explained makes a lot of sense. And I want to, as we, as we wrap it up, um, how is, how is, how has policing impacted your approach to fatherhood? And uh, again, uh, you know, being well aware of um, everything that's happening in the social climate, mm-hmm. um, I still, you know, you know, my wife and I still preach to our kids as far as, hey, you know, in this situation, this scenario, this is what you need to do because, you know, we we do recognize that everybody's not like us, right? You know, as far as that goes, so everybody doesn't have the the um, the life experience, the training you right. know, that that we have. Um, and with that in mind, you know, our first priority is to uh, protect our kids. Right. You know, so we raise them in in that light. Uh, however, you know, my my kids are aware. Hey, dad, dad is uh, the police. So they do have some, uh, uh, probably a, a more level of comfort um, in talking to to a police officer right. than you know say you know I would have had you know um, uh, uh, having that conversation you know having a conversation with any other police officer other than my uncle right. Um, because again, when when I had those uh, ride outs with him, I was younger than my oldest son is now, so I still gotcha. didn't have the uh, Honestly, you know, when I was a kid, I, my friends and I we would throw rocks at the you know, passing police car, right? You know, so uh, you know, having the 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 uh, life experiences, the the mentorship that I. I've had uh, throughout the throughout my my seasons of life, uh, man. I, I say that that's you know huge and something that I try to pass on to my my kids as far as that goes. And uh, you know anybody else that I come into contact with, you know as far as that goes, uh, as far as their you know their kids, because I, I again I know the importance of it. Yeah. You know, and I know the importance of trying to be sure that we don't go backwards. Uh, you know, if we if if I can have a conversation with a, a kid uh, and it convinces them, hey, you know, police not bad, you know, I may want to be a police officer myself. Right. That's the the cycle that you know, I like to trend towards because, again, the 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 more that you have, um, the more like the community, as far as I can say, you get, you know, if I can get even a police officer, for, you know, a kid from that actual community right. to come in and you know, be a police officer. That's, you know, I can't, you know, I can't buy that. Right. You know, as far as that goes, because you have, again, this is somebody that's familiar with, you know, everybody's familiar with them, you know, as far as that goes. 
So that's less work that I have to put into, you know, this uh, that that relationship building. Gotcha. You know, so, you know, and like I said, you can't, you know, you can't buy that. Yeah. I think that's a uh, I think that's a a good and an appropriate place to uh, to end this conversation. Uh, at least this installment. I'm hoping that you would you would come back at some point in the future because I want more than just having conversations with um, people that I know and respect. I don't know if I love getting having conversations with people I don't respect. That's <laughs> jury's still out on that, but to see the development, right? This is the intent of presenting these conversations to see how people develop over time. Are they consistent? Have your views changed? What new information do we have to offer um, our community? So I appreciate that. Um, for the listening audience, if you're on the audio platforms, please make sure that you're following. Please make sure you rate this podcast either by episode or by the actual um, uh, podcast itself. It depends on what platform you're on. If you're on YouTube, I uh, appreciate you watching. Make sure that you're subscribed so you can see uh, other content like this. And also tell somebody about it that you think would benefit. If there's a topic you think that uh, I should address or we should address, drop it in the comments. Uh, again, uh, Lieutenant Yeoman, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast and sharing your wisdom and your experiences. Um, that's going to do it. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios, all rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.